welcome to Future So Bright, the podcast from Class 101 Franklin, where we illuminate the college admissions experience. I'm your host, Sean. And before I was a college student, I was a Class 101 Franklin student who was trying to find my own way through the college admissions process. Today on Future So Bright, we're talking about everyone's favorite subject, testing. We have our resident test prep experts, Gene Fain and Karen Feemster, here to guide us through all those bubbles that need to be filled in with number two pencils. So, first off, tell us, is C really the best answer? I know you're using a pun or being silly, but there really is an approach to that guessing. Sure, you can pick C as your answer. I recently learned through some experts in math, and they were doing a tracking of the best answers and the percentages and they recommended you go either all first question or all last question. So either choose A all the way down or or all the last one all the way down. Now, can that switch up and change up? Absolutely. So there are two main tests that colleges look at, the ACT and SAT. What's the difference between the two? And is there a reason one might be better for a student to take than the other? First of all, colleges don't care which one you submit. So let's strike that out of there. Way, way back in, probably before I applied to college, there was a difference geographically in the United States, but now it does not matter. And the second thing is, make sure that all of the questions are answered. There used to be a time where one penalized you for wrong answers. Both tests, you wanna make sure that every bubble is completed. Now, as to the differences, the SAT begins with the reading section. And the second section is going to be the writing and language section. And then the last two sections are going to be math with no calculator and calculator. However, the ACT is going to begin its test with English, followed by math, and then reading and science at the end. In general, my students that love math and science tend to score better on the ACT. But every instance is going to be different, and we're going to meet with that individual student and see where they're scoring the best and try to help them find the best test to showcase their abilities. And then on the other hand, my students that are strong readers and writers, they tend to like the SAT better. But again, that can also change. What's fun is that each of them will help a student gain scholarship, and in the end, we're going to submit the score that shows that student in the best light. Yeah, that's interesting because actually I took the ACT and was better at that, but I'm also better at reading and writing. It was something about the like the high intensity, shorter period of time. I was really locked in and focused when I took that. When should students first start taking the ACT or SAT? It is so important to make sure there's not any pressure created around this. And so we take great care to not fall into the burnout factor when you start testing students too early. They feel that anxiety. They feel that stress. I My recommendation is sophomore year. And then they can start with the PSAT. And they can maybe take a baseline ACT. Junior year is where you really hit it hard. And keep in mind, you have the opportunity to take up to 12 ACTs. And students will maximize that. But if you start too early, they're going to burn out way ahead of the game. And they're not going to end up getting their best score. 
And some families will be concerned about, well, what will colleges think if they see that I've taken it multiple times? In general, our students will, will probably take it at least three times. We've never had one that have reached that 12 mile, yeah. milestone. But colleges are only going to see those scores if a family sends them. So our recommendation is to wait and see how your scores are before you send them. What if I get a really bad score? I've heard that some colleges are test optional. So what does that look like? And when might I decide to go that route? So one thing to know is if you do get a bad score in your opinion, and it's all relative, it's important to know that you can take the test again, most likely. You're not taking it. You're not waiting until the last opportunity to submit a test score. That's why we start students heavy on this in the fall of their junior year. And it's important to also know that all schools do not require the ACT or the SAT. Some schools are what they call test optional. And that's a trend we've been seeing here a lot lately. The ACT and SAT are important in also, though, providing scholarships. So we might look at the holistically the overall resume and grades and activities of a student and make that decision of whether to hold back the ACT. But you can't just hold back and expect that that's the right decision. You have to back it up with other stuff. And not every student is a good test taker, so they take that into account. So it's really an individual decision based on every student and their resume. We've actually enjoyed the test optional trend this past year with our students because we've had some students that for whatever reason could not get that perfect score that they were they were trying to achieve. However, their academic record was superior and their resume was very balanced and we we were able to see them get into schools that otherwise they may not have been able to achieve if that test had been required. And another angle to go at it is a lot of schools will do super score. And, you know, not every school, so you have to make sure that they accept that. But that's taking the highest score in each subject area and creating that as you're uh, averaging it out as your composite. And again, the trend here lately has been a lot of schools are super scoring, but that can shift. So you always want to be up to date on that in each current year. What's best? Should I take a test prep course or just find a book and do tests from there? And how will that help me? Well, it's most important to understand who you are as a student. Are you disciplined enough to put in the time to schedule it, to follow through on the book and the studying? What's your learning style? Are you a reading comprehension type of learner? Do you, are you auditory? Do you need to have someone show you how to do things? I mean, everybody has a different learning style and we want to maximize that. I also think it's very important to understand the data behind it. Um, in our last series of ACT prep, we had 65 students, and 95% of them went up on the ACT score. That's hard data, and that's a combination of using a book, teaching, coaching, practice testing, homework assignments and worksheets, and, and we also narrow in on their trends so they're not trying to cram everything. You know, somebody might get a book, start at the beginning, and go through the end. We identify where do you need help. Don't do it all. Focus on those three trends. You'll go up. So what if I have test anxiety or need accommodations like extra time? 
first speech to all the students is talking about anxiety. In fact, I start out by telling everybody, this doesn't identify who you are, okay? You're doing your best, you put in your hard work, and then you accept it and go forward. And there's a lot of peer pressure around ACT and a lot of college pressure or maybe parent pressure. But oftentimes, it's the students putting the pressure on themselves. Some students are also just struggle with anxiety in general. This is one of those things, just like anything else you approach, you put time into it, you give it the effort, and most likely you're going to see success. Take a deep breath and put it in perspective. And as long as you know you're doing your best, that is all that anyone can ask. Now to your point on accommodations, I'm very experienced at this, having had children of my own um, have an IEP or a 504 plan. So I've worked with many families on this. Keep an eye on your child and understand, do they have certain learning challenges? Do they exhibit signs of ADD or ADHD? Not everything will end up with a plan in school and we don't wanna use it as a crutch. And we really want to give the students resources they need that can help them and give it a fair leveling field. So if you have a child who needs extra time or benefits from that, it all has to start from a diagnosis from a professional. It's not something the school can just implement. But you can start with your guidance counselor and find out what the steps are and then Working with the professional outside help, working with the counselor, there'll be a lot of testing and questions asked, and then you can apply for accommodations such as extra time, or an extra time can mean extending it time and a half. It can also mean taking different sections on different days, and they will have their individual proctor do that. So there's a lot of different ways to make it easier for the students who struggle. So... For these tests, what are your top tips? We have to understand that taking the ACT or the SAT, it's a marathon, okay? You wouldn't go out and run three miles without prepping and gearing up towards it. You are building endurance just like you are building it athletically. And it's about training your brain to be focused, training it to you know, process quicker, improving your reading pace. There's so many things just outside the actual test questions. And so one of the tips and strategies we say is start preparing. You know, preparation is everything. And we coach and guide you through what to prepare. It's not about cramming. This is not something you can cram the night before or the week before. It's also about learning, you know, some content, tips and strategies, but it's practice testing. We provide practice tests so that you can get familiar with what it is they're looking for. I've had students take the science test and they don't click until after the fifth one what they're actually looking for and then all of a sudden it becomes second nature. Thanks for listening to Futures So Bright. We hope you'll subscribe and tell a friend about us. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at at class 101 Franklin TN. And if you're in our area, we'd love to talk with you one-on-one about how Class 101 can work with your family and student to plan for college. With about 50 Class 101 locations nationwide, you can go to class101.com to find a location with experienced college planners near you.